Liron Hirschhorn here, your host of the e-commerce mindset podcast. In this episode, I talked to Isaac Smith. Isaac is the founder of Summit E-commerce Advisors, and uh, he helps people with bookkeeping in their e-commerce business. He also helps sellers with building out their teams or coaching them on how to build out their teams, how to create systems around it. And on this episode, we talk about both these areas. We we start off talking about the importance of knowing your numbers in your business for a variety uh, of reasons. Uh, and then we go on to talk about um, ways in which to, to build out your, your team and build out processes and systems so that um, you can scale your business. You know, when you're building an e-commerce business, um, there's several different levers you have in order to grow your business. One of them is going to be capital. Another one is going to be tools. Um, and then another one is just going to be leverage through the ability of, of getting help through people. Um, you can't do everything yourself and you want to really hire for those skills that you may not have, but that you need on your team. So we talk all about that in this episode. I think you'll um, enjoy it. The podcast is sponsored by Incrementum Digital. Incrementum Digital is where we help sellers grow their Amazon business through the power of advertising, marketing. We're fully managing uh, some brands on the platform. One of our clients, um, super excited. They're going to be on Shark Tank this weekend. Really looking forward to seeing that and kind of what happens to their sales once the episodes, uh, once the episode hits. Um, and uh, been really fun to watch uh, their journey. Um, we helped them launch uh, their Amazon business. Um, so the podcast is sponsored by Incrementum Digital. In addition, I've been helping sellers uh, get growth capital for their business over the last six, seven months. Um, just recently helped the seller uh, get $2 million of growth capital for their business. They're already an eight-figure seller. So I'm super excited to see what this does in terms of taking their business uh, to the next level. Um, and lastly, if you're looking to exit your business, uh, reach out to me uh, as well. There's a lot of activity going on uh, in the in the space and I can help you sort of navigate it. I, in fact, I may be able to direct you directly to an investor um, or specifically to some people that are looking to make acquisitions that are not as public um, as you may be seeing out there um, in the in the space. So you can reach out to me as well. My email is in the show notes. Enjoy this episode with Isaac. Smith. Okay, so I have with us on the show today Isaac Smith. Isaac is the CEO and co-founder of Summit Ecom Advisors. Um, welcome to the show. Hey, Isaac. thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you. Thanks so much. Um, we actually met through uh, Nate Ginsburg, who um, created this group for, I guess, a bunch of people he knows within the e-commerce space, um, and we connected, um, and yeah, it just shows the the power of networking and you know uh, building building uh, relationships. Um, so, um, would love to ask you a little bit, um, just in terms of um, you know what you're doing uh, within the e-commerce uh, world. Um, I guess in terms of like you, you sell yourself, but then you also help help uh, e-commerce sellers uh, basically with uh, in, in a few different ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess it might make a little sense to back up just a little bit. So I've been in e-commerce since uh, 2014. I've done a few different things uh, myself as a seller. I did some high ticket drop shipping. Actually, that was the majority of what I've done. Um, I also dabbled a little bit in uh, selling a private label labeled product on Amazon. Um, and, but yeah, majority of that was high ticket drop shipping. And eventually I sold that business in 2019. And, um, and since then I've 
done some different things. I've, I've gone a little different way. Uh, there were some things that I was good at and some things that I wasn't so good at. So, and, and places that areas where I saw people needed help. And so I thought, well, this seems like a fun thing to do. So let me help out there. So I started a podcast um, and I've also done, I started a business that does bookkeeping for e-commerce business owners. So, and if you sell on Amazon or Shopify, right, um, I, we help you know your numbers. And we also started a, a coaching program where we help people build their teams and systems. So yeah, a few different things there. Yeah, interesting. Um, and so on the, I want to talk a little bit on the, on the bookkeeping side, obviously you um, probably see a lot of, you know, different situations uh, in terms of like, you know, people that come to you that need help with their bookkeeping. Um, what are, what, you know, I guess, what are the biggest um, mistakes that people, I guess, are making um, in terms of how they, uh, how they handle their bookkeeping? I mean, is it, is it not knowing your numbers or, um, you know, what, I, I, I guess, yeah, like what are, what are some problem areas, especially, I guess, when it comes to e-commerce, because it's a little bit more challenging in terms of your bookkeeping, right? Like there's a lot of variability to your numbers in, in the sense that, you know, you can have a, your product price goes up, your last shipment, you had to airship instead of <laughs> yeah. ship by ocean. Your your like, yeah. th things change right consistently. You don't always even know your exact cost of goods because of because of these things. Um, it's like what are you know yeah what are what are the things like sellers should be kind of looking out for um, in terms of how they are managing their uh, their numbers. Yeah, this is a this is a big topic and it's a topic of a lot of confusion and there are some. Mm -hmm you know, some ramifications that a lot of people, you know, we get into this business because we're excited to do something. And most of us are not trained in bookkeeping or accounting. And, and, it, and honestly, it's generally, it's generally not of interest. You know, it's not our, it's not really who we are to be looking at the numbers all the time. We've got bigger, more exciting things to do, new products to launch, stuff like that. So, you know, it's an area that just, of course, gets neglected. And, um, and I think there's a it just in general, there's a lot of confusion around it. So I think a good place to start is um, what is for like, knowing your numbers, why, why do we why do we keep track of this stuff in the first place? I think a lot of people see, you know, mm -hmm. bookkeeping and getting these reports as something that, that just kind of is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, okay, great. I've got an accountant that gives me these reports. Okay, I'll kind of look through it. I don't quite understand it. I look at that bottom line profit and then I look in my bank account and I go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, let me move on to my marketing or whatever else, right? Uh, and that's mm -hmm. natural. I mean, that's, that's how it was for me at first as well. Um, so, I think let's to stay, take a step back and talk about like, well, what is this for? Um, a lot of people just think that, that they have to have this because they're going to have to pay taxes uh, at some point. So we need to have somebody keeping track of all of this stuff. But that's kind of a separate thing from me. Um, but really, the better way to look at it and the real way to look at it is knowing your numbers 
And that's what bookkeeping is. I think it makes more sense to talk about it as knowing your numbers, because I think we understand that uh -huh. that's important. Um, this is not something that happens once a year that you find out how much profit you made. Um, you know, a lot of people treat it that way, but really we need to be keeping up on this every month or even every week um, to, to see how the business is doing. The way I see it is knowing your numbers is your numbers tell you how your business is performing. And so if you don't really know how your business is performing, how can you plan for the next quarter or the next shipment of inventory, right? So all of this stuff is important. And I think that's the right context to start with. So of course, there are other topics involved there, like the cash flow issue and inventory. Um, but I think that's that's why it's important is is so that you know what's going on, then you can make better decisions. Is mm -hmm. is it surprising for you to see how many people don't know their numbers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I'll just tell you from my experience, I was like everybody else. I didn't know my numbers, um, and I felt I thought that I just had to have this bookkeeping stuff done because I was going to pay taxes in the next year. You know, like. And, and then I hired accountants who would give me reports and I didn't understand. Like all of what I just described, that was me. <laughs> but when I went to sell my business, mm -hmm. um, you realize, well, I actually have to make sure that this is right. And then, and there's a longer story in there, but, but I had a moment where I realized, oh, this is actually a lot more important than I thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I actually thought that as I was running my business, I thought that everybody else knew what was going on and that it was just me. I was some weirdo who just didn't get this stuff and, and, and then eventually had to figure it out. But after I sold my business and I didn't have anything else to do, I was just talking with people in various communities and I found out I'm not the only one here. In fact, almost everybody is in this situation. And so I thought, wow, um, this is an area where I can help. Yeah. Um, and you bring up a good point because there's lots of reasons to know your numbers, but one, I mean a big, because you want to have a healthy profitable business and you want to know which direction the business is going in up or down and you know what to do about it. Right. Like the numbers can help tell the story of what's happening in the business. There's lots of reasons, but a lot of sellers, that are in e-commerce, especially right now with how much activity there is around the ex people exiting their business and how many people are looking to acquire e-commerce businesses, you know, knowing your numbers and having that ready um, is very, very important. Um, especially because when you're, you're in control and you know the numbers and you can understand them, you can also, there are ways you can utilize that to get um, a higher exit value for the business. So as I'll give you uh, an example, um, you know, uh, a broker shared with me that, you know, one of the things they do is they kind of will go to bat, right, for, for some people on their numbers, meaning let's say they had a shipment that their product was going to go out of stock and they had to ship it by air and typically they would ship it by boat, right? They would be able to show that in the numbers 
and say, hey, here we typically would ship it by boat, but we're re- really we're selling faster than needed. The usual number here would be X, but it's X plus you know three thousand because we had to ship the product faster, and so we want to add that money back in because you know this is a one-time event, and you know you'll be able to order a lot more stock with the capital you have, blah blah blah, and. Um, we want to add this back in, increase the valuation, right? But if you don't really know the numbers, you don't even know to identify that in the first place, then you might be letting somebody else create those numbers for you, um, which, you know, some companies that are in the Amazon space, they will, you know, part of their added value that they uh, will say to sellers is like, even if you don't have great books or P&Ls, give us some of your cost of goods, et cetera, we'll go into your Amazon seller account and we will create a P&L for you. But again, you're a little bit of a disadvantage if you don't fully understand those numbers. And are in yeah, that's a great example. Um, and I, I think if you have a broker like that, that's awesome. Um, somebody who's really on your side, uh, looking out for for you and and give you that kind of input. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. But 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 at the same time, in order to for a broker to go to bat for you like that, or you to go to bat for yourself like that. You need to be able to also identify yep. that in the numbers in the first place, right? Like if you didn't, if you didn't even know, realize, you know, kind of know, know to think that way, then again, you might not be maximizing. And, and when you want to exit the business, people are going to ask you for your numbers, right? And they're going to want to see if you know your numbers and um, how good, how good you were like managing that. And the more you have your stuff ready to go and updated, the better, you know, the better position you have in order to be able to um, exit the business. And again, like, I think also uh, I'm assuming working with you or, you know, uh, knowing your numbers, you also can understand the story behind the numbers where you can say, okay, here's what happened this month, but here's why we hired, we hired another person. And before we saw the revenue from that hire or, or whatever, or we launched a new product, we had to invest a lot of money here. And then, you know, this is why X happened, right? Like, I think a lot of knowing your numbers, also understanding the story. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, 100% on everything you just said there. And one thing that's really cool is that one thing that I've found in my experience and now working with other business owners is we business owners, <clears throat> excuse me, we we think of our what happens in our business, in like you said, in terms of that story. So like... Um, I might ask, we might ask about a certain transaction or uh, some number that came up that we didn't expect. And we will ask uh, the business owner that we're working with. And oftentimes they'll tell us this long story like, oh, well, this happened because of this and that. And and it's interesting because that's the way I used to think as well. And I still think in terms of story and narrative. But the interesting thing is now when right. you train yourself, like I, I go back to uh, the beginning. I, I like to always go back to why and, and all of that. And before I started the entrepreneurial journey, before I went out on my own, I was listening to uh, like audiobooks like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, and Robert Kiyosaki. And, and actually, I reread that book after I sold my business. And I, it surprised me just how much he said, um, increase your financial literacy. That's like the main theme of that book. It, that If you want to distill that book into one sentence, that's it. Increase your financial literacy. 
It's like, wow, I forgot about this. But it's interesting that when you go, when you actually invest time and uh, you, you start learning about how the numbers work, your finances in your business and also your personal finances, you can start to see patterns and, and you can, you can like, so now, and I'm not perfect. It, actually, it's my partner who's really the brains behind our, our bookkeeping and finance uh, on all of that. But as, as I'm going on this journey, I can start to now look at a, se a set of reports and see the story that happened. So we can see like, okay, wow. All right. So we've got a, a large increase in sales this month, whether that's you know a seasonal thing or whatever. And then we can see the money coming in and going out. And, and that tells us the story all on its own a lot of the times, which, which is something that that is a new and exciting thing for me to be learning. And so I that's it's, it's exciting for me. And, and so, of course, I share that with the people we work with and like, hey, can you see like you just told me you took five minutes to tell me what happened in the last two months. But this right here tells tells us tells that story, too. And so when you can start to read the story of the numbers, mm -hmm. then you can start using that in different ways and making different decisions that are going to really benefit your business. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I guess if you had to, you know, I guess give people a few um, pieces of advice on kind of what they should be doing. I mean, is it primarily, you know, working with a, working with a, with a great bookkeeper um, using certain tools um you know, what, what are, what are the things they should be thinking about? Or like, is there anything specific people should be doing? Or really, it's just like hire a good bookkeeper and you know, let, let them do their work in terms of uh, sure. Helping well, yeah, I mean, there, there are a few different answers for that. And I guess it depends on where the where the listener is in their, you know, in, in their journey. If you're just starting out, you know, um, yep, you can be doing things on your own, you can do do the bookkeeping yourself, if you, if you want, if you have the patience for that. Um, and I'll recommend a few tools. Um, we use Zero exclusively. I know there's QuickBooks online as well. Mm -hmm. I think these days they're mostly on par with each other, but we, we think Zero is better. They have great um, support for, as one example. Um, so yeah, that's, you'll, you'll want to use uh, something like that, uh, a general ledger software and if you go with either of those, that's, that'll be fine. Um, another thing is a lot of times people hook these platforms up to their uh, seller platforms like Amazon or if you're selling on Shopify. And that actually, it mm -hmm. seems intuitive, but that's actually a mistake because it's going to pull in so much data that's going to be difficult to work with and difficult to reconcile. And so we use another tool as well called A2X that that connects with those platforms and brings mm -hmm. in just the right information to Zero or QuickBooks. So that's kind of on the tools side. Um, but yeah, if if you if you're if you don't want to be doing this stuff, like you just you just have to be on top of it. And if that's if you're like, ah, oh, I just can't bear to do that, yeah, find a great, find a good bookkeeper. And that can be sometimes hard. So just a word of advice is you, you'll want a bookkeeper who understands e-commerce. Uh, 
mm-hmm. because there are some different, you know, I, I used to, I used to work with accountants who worked with all kinds of businesses. They would work with SaaS companies and dentists and also me. And they didn't, you know, when I had questions, they didn't understand me. They didn't understand my concerns, you know? Um, so you'll want to find somebody who has experience mm-hmm. in e-commerce. Um, so that that's a bit of advice there. And again, e- e-commerce is one has its own set of challenges, kind of a little bit like we spoke about and specifically also Amazon, right? Like if you're on Amazon, you have all sorts of fees and storage and, you know, fulfillment costs and commissions and, and all these right. fees. And you want to know also how to classify them correctly. So when you look at the numbers, you kind of know what's what. Um, and you want to know if there's an outlier, right? Like sometimes Amazon will overcharge you for stuff. And again, if you can see that in the numbers, then you know to identify and know, hey, something's wrong here. Like Amazon is classifying my product as oversized, but it should be, mm-hmm. shouldn't be oversized, um, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, so it's important. So yeah, it's, it's interesting because when you were saying, you know, tools that are bringing in data, I use A2X. Um, then you said that's uh, mm-hmm. one you one you recommend um, that kind of bridges the gap between Seller Central, for example, and both yeah. Zero and um, and QuickBooks. Um, yeah. So I want to jump over into uh, one of the other things you do um, is helping people with um, building teams. Um, so I guess, um, and, and actually, before we get there, like. At which point in a business do you think somebody needs more, let's say, than a bookkeeper? Um, meaning some mm. businesses have a, a CFO. What are what are the main differences the way you see it? And like, when should you, at which level should you have um, somebody that's a CFO? Yeah, maybe that's, that's a good different question. Than a so just, uh, I know a lot of the terminology when we're talking finance can be really confusing. Like there's bookkeepers and there's accountants and there's tax and the CFO and like fractional CFO. And like, what, what is all of this stuff? Um, so generally bookkeeping and accounting yep. is, is telling you what happened. It's just a record of what happened in the past. Um, and that's good to know, but it's especially good to know if you can use that to make projections and decisions going forward. And so that's, uh, I think that's kind of the split there is um, if you're good at, at figuring that out yourself, I don't think that you really need that. But if you're growing your business, I don't, I, I guess my answer is I don't have like a, like once you hit this revenue sort of a thing. Um, but I think if you're mm-hmm. having challenges with your cash flow, you're, you don't know you know, it, once this starts to become more complicated than you can handle, then I think that's when it's it's good to start reaching out to somebody to help you plan for the cash flows, especially around like you mentioned before, um, the in, inventory. Right? You get a you sell out of your inventory faster than you think, and then you have to order a lot more. Right? How are you going to pay for that? Of course. And then if you're mm-hmm. going to launch a new product, how do you fund that? You know, when when you start reaching those sorts of challenges, I think that's a good time to to find somebody who can help you with that. Right. So like having somebody internal, like a a CFO, somebody who is, I think, like you said, not just looking backwards, but also making projections and making sure 
the business um, is financially solid or can handle their whatever the whatever the cash issues are or things like making acquisitions or right how to best utilize cash or if you have mm-hmm. loans lines of credit things like that right Man- managing that entire um, sort of system around um, mm-hmm. around the, the money in the business um, and and likely also you know for that to make sense you need to be probably at a um, probably at a higher revenue standpoint right like you said this isn't necessarily a number but you need to be you need to be a little bit of a bigger business in order for it to make sense for you to hire a CFO it's likely higher, higher right kind yeah of so just a, I guess a quick note on that yeah exactly so bookkeeper is going to cost you some amount um, of course yeah a CFO level person brings a lot of experience and of course they need to be comp- compensated for that um, so there are fractional CFOs like you can do virtual CFOs you don't have to hire somebody full-time mm-hmm. um, you know, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. uh, we can help with that as well. Like my partner is wh- who brings um, those mm-hmm. skills to the table. Um, there's also, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's also a cash management system that some listeners may have heard of called Profit First, which um, is some one something mm-hmm. that we recommend. And we also are Profit First professionals and we help implement that. Um, so mm. there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but yeah, I would suggest if you're starting to have questions and doubts and concerns about this, start reaching out to people and just talk with people who have virtual CFO services or uh, ask in your network who, you know, who's, who have people worked mm-hmm. with, who would they recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on the on the on the side of the the building teams, um, yeah, I guess you know when 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 is it a good time to say okay in my e-commerce business I should be hiring somebody, um, and you know what is typical the what is typically like in somebody's e-commerce business the first yeah, hire that they question. make. So I think I think most people's experience we all get into these businesses as the solo entrepreneur and we just go in there with an idea and drive and we can just make things happen. And eventually we make things happen so much that we're, we're just busy all the time and, and we just take on everything and um, eventually it becomes too much and you start to experience burnout. I think (laughs) I've been there. I know a lot of people have been there. Mm -hmm. So when should you, I guess the question, the first question is when should you think about hiring? I think it's whenever, whenever you have enough income that you can support another person, um, then start to look at, Mm -hmm. okay, um, what are the things that I'm doing that is, that are taking up so much of my time and what of this can I outsource? So like, of course, I'm not saying you want to run your company into the red and spend every dollar you have. Absolutely not. But if you're looking at your, your numbers and you're, you're able to uh, take, you know, whatever it is that you need to support yourself and then have some amount that, okay, I'm, I can, I can allocate this to hiring either maybe a part-time VA or full-time team member. Um, then yeah, look look at what you're doing. I don't think that 
there's one specific role that is the most important thing to hire first, but you know, for all different types, you know, I work with you know, drop shippers, I work with Amazon sellers. And so everyone has a little different uh, business model for people who have a lot of customer service that takes up a lot of time. That's a great pl place to start um, so that you can kind of offload that. Mm -hmm. um, if you spend a lot of time doing product research, crunching numbers, um, that's another good place to start. I think it really just depends where you're spending your time and what what do you want to be spending your time on i um i i took a screenshot today i was going to post this on my story um robert hershevac one of the um sharks on shark tank uh he made a post on linkedin today um and the post said um if you're not hiring mm. people that are smarter than you you're doing it wrong You've got to have enough ego to believe that you can make something great happen, but not too much that you let it get in the way of your uh, of your company's growth. Um, and um, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was um, really good. Um, you know, in terms of like you should you shouldn't be the smartest person in your in your company, and and also you should be hiring. Um, you know, I think the the best people that I've partnered or hired with have had um not the same skill sets that i have but you know complementary or like opposite or different skill sets um you know than than i have and um and that just makes a really yeah. like a much stronger team uh in terms of in terms of the people that you bring on so if you hate looking at the numbers um hire somebody that's going to look at the numbers or uh, hire a bookkeeper or hire someone internally to work with a bookkeeper or to do the bookkeeping if you, you know, if you hate creating systems, hire someone to create systems. If you're awesome at creating systems, hire someone to do marketing and sales, right? Like, um, to me, those are the things you should be doing. Um, when it comes to VAs, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, some of the conversations we have in my company, um, you know, I'll tell my, talk to my operations, my COO, and I'll say, okay, we should be hiring for this role. And he's like, well, we can't just hire for this role. We first need to build out like the SOPs <laughs> mm -hmm. and the systems because if we're hired for this role and, and that person is going to report to that person, then it's just going to be a burden on the person that we're trying to help on the team by hiring somebody because, you know, it's just giving them more work, right? So like, it's also how we think about, we think about hiring, if, if we're hiring somebody that we have to give or have, have them follow SOPs or system, um, then we have we always create those first before we make the hire. Uh, otherwise, it becomes more work. It becomes more work instead of relieving work. Um, in a sense, once that person joins, and they keep coming to you with not knowing what to do or how to do or how to go about something. So I think that's something. Um, you know, before hiring a VA, you should really be building out. Um, if it is a, v a VA, you should be building out the systems of what they should be doing and. Yeah, you know, how to follow it. there's a lot to, to go into there. And I, I love those ideas, like the idea of not being the smartest person in the room. Yeah, like that's that's great. Like that's exactly why I partnered with uh, Jason, my partner, because like he's the one who knows all the finance stuff. Mm -hmm. I know what it means to the business owner, mm -hmm. right? Um, so yeah, absolutely. Like yep. that's something to think about. Um, as you're you're building your business, of course, if you're just starting out or you're you're 
you know, you're under seven figures still, or you're not that you might not be able to afford to, to hire the best and brightest mind. So that's where, like you mentioned, you can, maybe you want to find a partner who has the marketing skills and you have the operations or wh whatever it is. Um, so that's a good way to go. Um, of course, once you get to that point where you can hire, where you, you have the budget to hire great people who know more than you, awesome. But like, like you said, when you go back to like this lower level VA type of role, um, yeah, at, at when you're first starting out, you're making your first few hires, you just need to get tasks off your plate. Um, and so absolutely. And, and of course, they don't have to be a better marketer than you. They don't have to be a better um, product developer than you, but uh, you can train them for what they need to do. One thing that I really strongly believe in is hiring for yeah. attitude and not for skills. Um, because mm -hmm. if you hire someone who's really ambitious and has passion and drive, and by the way, you have to provide a container, you have to provide a place and an opportunity for somebody to pour that into. And we can talk about that uh, next if you want. Mm -hmm. um, but you, if you provide them a place that they can really thrive uh, and they, they can, they're a, a growth-minded person, these people can, are hungry to learn and to excel in things that they do and, and add value. And so um, it's, when you can find those people, you can, you can give them an objective and kind of step out of their way. But of course, they, they don't have, they may not have the skills. And so you need to be patient in um, providing them access to resources, whether it's courses or one-on-one, or -on -one, teaching them things um, and giving them room and, and mentorship to, to really uh, take that role. One, one thing I found in, in the interview and hiring process is to really be like, yeah. um, I guess like hell yes. When, when you're interviewing someone and, you know, sometimes that's been very clear to me when, okay, like I really need to hire someone and then interview someone and then think like, okay, like maybe I'll give it a shot. Like I'm not super sure or excited if it's the right person. Okay. Like I'm considering it. And then, you know, I would, I would interview another candidate later mm -hmm. in the day or the next day. And they're like so enthusiastic. Yep. And I'm like, it's so clear to me, right, that this is the the right person for the role, um, and versus you know this other person that I maybe wanted to hire because uh, I really need the help, but and sort of like <laughs> you know like desperate to to, to hire um, you know, um, but at the same time like it's also sometimes valuable to wait for the right person um, and totally agree like. Um, uh, hiring people that are enthusiastic and want to grow and and um, have opportunity and at the same time like yeah i think i think if you want to hire great people and keep great people you have to give them a road there has to be sort of like a roadmap for for growth because nobody wants to do the same thing over and over again for the rest of their life um so they're either gonna leave and go somewhere else for more money better opportunity or you have to find that internally uh you know i think uh, I think for them, for for the most part, um, or at least that I, I think, uh, at least in the e-commerce space and kind of like how I see the people that, that we hire, um, you know, 
they want to grow, they want to learn, um, they, you know, want to go from working on things at one level, getting good at that, and then going to the next level and working on bigger, bigger challenges, bigger things, because that's kind of exciting uh, versus <laughs> just doing the same thing over, over and over again. Again, I think you're going to end up losing, losing that person. When I interview a lot of the reasons um, people tell me that they want to make a change is because of just like growth opportunities, right? Like it's not always, um, it's not, it's not, oh, it's yeah. not always just about getting more money in, in making it, in making a change. It's also about being in the right environment. Um, I interview people who, who tell me, um, my company doesn't really <laughs> listen to my ideas, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, you know, um, you know, they're shut down, they're not open, um, they don't foster a learning environment, um, like all these things, you know, uh, I think things you want to think about, um, some stuff we do is we'll buy trainings, right, and we'll give it to people to watch and learn and talk about what they learned and like really foster, try to foster that environment. I think if you want to build a great culture, uh, those are the kind of things you want to you want to do to really uh, you know empower people and also let people make decisions right within your company, um, and and really like uh, empower them. Um, so yeah, uh, all that I think is uh, important, and I imagine that's um, kind of some of the things you go through within your program where you, you're helping people to. Oh yeah, dude, I'm getting team. pumped up listening to you. I love this topic. This is like. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I'm feeling the energy. I got to hold myself back a little bit here. No, dude. So let's, if, if you want to like, let's provide some value to the listener. Like, okay, if this is, if you want to do this, okay, how do you, how do you actually do that? So let's, yeah, hundred percent to everything you just said. Um, so let's, let's lay out kind of the, the roadmap to do this. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, I need to hire somebody but maybe maybe you've had a VA who just maybe they ghosted on you or maybe you hired someone and it just you end up checking, having to check their work and like redoing it for them. And it's like, ah, what's the point? Right. We've all had those experiences. So how do you avoid that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The first thing is, like you said, go back to what you said. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. That is one of my rules. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Because here's the problem. If you hire somebody who you're just kind of on the fence about, it may work out for a little while, but I'll tell you what's going to happen. Six months down the road, they're going to cause a major screw up because they weren't the right person. In some way, they're either going to make a gigantic mistake and try to cover it up and you don't notice until you find out there's a huge problem. Or maybe they're just going to be so unproductive that they're dragging you and everybody else down. And after like four or five months, you're like, I can't take this anymore. You're gone. So one of those things is going to happen if you hire somebody you're not enthusiastic about, if it's not a hell yes. So like you said, a lot of times we get like, we go, oh, I need to hire somebody right now because I need help with this work. So I, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to hire this person. What happens is you waste more time than, than you would have. If you would have slowed down a little bit and go like, okay, well, this person's not right. Let me go through maybe a few more rounds of interviews, or let me post this job somewhere else, or just taken a, a week or two and found this, the right person. 
who is a hell yes, you would have saved five months. So the first, my first message is slow down. Uh, entrepreneurs, we want to go at light speed. We want the results yesterday or tomorrow. We think go now, now, now. And, and that's great. Like this is who we are. That is the value that we have. And we can make things happen quickly if we need to. But sometimes you'd be much faster if you'd slow down a little bit. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, yeah. so it needs to be a hell yes. That means this needs to be an A player. We're not looking for B players or C players. And oftentimes, <laughs> we, a, lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs end up working with D players who they think are B players, but they're terrible, right? What you need are A players. Because also, if you have an A player on your team and then you hire a B or a C player, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be resentment because A players hate working with B players. So like, come on, come on, get with it. Why are, why are you? No, 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 no. Let's, so, yeah. so you have to work with A players. And so that means you have to hire them. So, but wait a minute. What do we know about people who are yeah. A players? A players have choices. They have opportunity. They're not looking for opportunity. So that makes it a little harder. You have to actually find these people. And so to go back to what we said, like you want to hire people with passion and drive. So if you, in order to do that, you have to provide a place for that. Um, so you have to give people opportunity. Um, so, so the first thing is think through, you got to think through like, well, what are my opportunities here? Think back, you know, like if you hire a VA, we get, we get kind of fixated on this idea of virtual assistant and outsourced some, you know, but these are real people just like you. They have hopes and dreams and desires. And think about the last time you had a job. I've had some crappy jobs. I've had jobs that made me miserable, right? So you know what? <laughs> Actually, most people have those crappy kinds of jobs. So what would it take to provide a job and an, and a, a place of employment that's not crappy? It doesn't take much. It just takes a decision that you're going to provide a place with a, a opportunity and a good culture. And then write those things down. Like So, for example, what are some of the opportunities that you could provide that would entice this A player. Do you, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, making decisions? Oh, my, my company doesn't, doesn't listen to me. Well, okay, make decisions. Have authority, responsibility, uh, drive change. Like if you start writing these things down, these benefits of working with you, um, even though, though they seem like obvious or stupid or whatever, it, amazingly, other people don't have that. So you actually have a lot more opportunity than you think you do. Will you buy somebody a course? Like, so if you, for example, you want to do more social media marketing, but you're not going to do that. Um, would you buy somebody a course, pay $1,000 for a course that teaches how to do that and give it to this new employee. Of course you would, because they're going to learn, apply that to your business and grow your business. Um, so, so 
you can tell, use that in your advertising, in your job description. Tell people, Favor. I've got all of these opportunities. Um, and 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 you'll what you'll find is yep. after a while, it doesn't become a job listing at all. It becomes a sales letter. So that's 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 my first thing. Like to find A players, yes. you got to put out sales letters that attract the right kind of person. And once you see that, let me tell you, I hired a manager three months ago. And when I wrote this job description, which I'm calling a sales letter, I was thinking to myself, who is this ideal person in my mind? And while I was typing it out, I thought like, I, I want this person to read this and go, how could they know so much about me? This is talking to me. And I want, I want their hair to be standing up on their arm and that, mm -hmm. like, that jolt of excitement go through the, their body. Like, if you're thinking about it that way, let me tell you, magic happens. And so, for example, this manager that we hired through that process, I'm having her hire another bookkeeper because we're growing. We need to get another bookkeeper. Um, and I'm having her do it. And first of all, she's excited because mm -hmm. that's upward mobility. Uh, responsibility, authority. She gets to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And I'm just here to lay, give her the process and guide her through it. Um, and so I'm telling her, okay, when you're writing this job, mm -hmm. I had this exact conversation with her two days ago, or maybe last week, I guess. And she said, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? That's exactly what happened when I was reading the job description that that." we put out she she said i thought that like oh wow this person knows so much about me yeah absolutely it's it's really powerful right to think about to change your mindset in terms of not thinking about putting a job listing putting mm -hmm. out a, you know a sales listing right a sales letter um in terms of why why you know why somebody should work for you and or work for your company and, and who is the right uh, the right candidate that you want to, um, you know, that you want to um, attract. Um, and, you know, one of the kind of, I, I think, like you said, you know, letting people make decisions and, you know, your role being, you know, meeting with them and like how to solve, how to help them solve the problems that they're having, whether it's that person trying to hire somebody and what challenges they're having along the way or brainstorming and thinking through, you know, what challenges are you having in your role? How can I help you? kind of solve them. Um, and I've taken, um, you know, a lot of the Gary V. Uh, I watched, I watched, uh, I think I've spoken about this on, on the podcast before where, you know, somebody asked them a question about, you know, um, you know, about an employee they have and they're having, you know, a problem with. And, um, and Gary V. says, you don't understand. It's, mm. They don't work for you. You work for them. Right. Um, and if you kind of, you know, if you kind of take, that approach um you know like my job is to you know enable them to help them you know then they're going to be people that are thrilled to be working in your company mm -hmm. and love the culture and never want to leave because you kind of flip the whole thing right uh, one of the things we just did in uh, my agency is you know we're having people like we you know we kind of grew a lot hired a lot um and didn't you know we don't we don't have like an HR department or, you know, policies and procedures on everything, you know, and people are asking, Hey, can I have a day off and this and that? And we just came out and we just said, 
uh, here's the policy. It's unlimited days off, right? Uh, that's company policy. You want a day off, you can take a day off. Uh, obviously, you know, let your manager or let us know. Um, and if you have advanced notice, okay, great. And we're ultimately responsible for the results. And um, if it's abused, then you're not the right person to be here in the first place, right? So like, that's the policy. Um, but it's just like, it's putting in place certain things that drive the culture uh, of the business the way the way you kind of want to see it. And like, it's kind of cool yeah. to work for a company that has an unlimited day policy. Like you need a day, you can take it. You need a week off, you can take it. Just like, okay, let's solve on how we will manage or who else will cover or what we'll do in order to, you know, um, account for it. But, you know, again, it's something you can go put in your, put in your job listing. Like we have an unlimited days off policy. Um, again, the person that's right. going to abuse it is yeah. the person that shouldn't be in the company in the first place. Um, you know, and will weed themselves out of, of being in the company. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, lots of ways to think about how do you attract, you know, the right people on your team. Um, so, um, Isaac, this was really, really great. Um, how do people get in touch with you either for bookkeeping, um, help in their e-commerce business or around, um, you know, support and training on how to build out. Absolutely. Uh, As you can tell, I get really passionate about all of these topics and I just, I love talking with people and, and, uh, helping if I can. Um, and so yeah, re you can reach out to me anywhere that you find me. So I am on Facebook. And um, you can search for my name. Hopefully, I'll come up. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, although I don't go on there very much. Uh, but yeah, you can go to the website, summitecommerce.co. And um, there's links there that you can get in touch. Um, yeah, any way that's easy for you. I'll give you my email address if that's easy. It's my, my name, Isaac, I-S-A-A-C. Yeah, that's great. At summitecommerce.co feel free yeah if you have any questions or anything at all uh i'm i'm always happy to chat so feel free yeah great thank you and yeah when you said yeah i know Facebook, um, <laughs> with the last name like smith <laughs> yeah not sure how easy much easier to find me uh on facebook i probably the only one with that with that name um but yes reach out i'll put i'll put some of this also in the show notes um so people will have it uh and thanks so much for um for, absolutely uh, for uh thank you and, for uh, for having me this uh, was really show. fun thank you for listening to the show uh if you are not in the e-commerce mindset group uh join the group and if you are on clubhouse uh look for the amazon sellers club or you can follow me on clubhouse i've been doing rooms there um every so often um maybe once a week or once every 10 days or so about a variety of different topics uh within the within the amazon space some are recorded here on the podcast but not every single one is so uh look out for that on um, Clubhouse. And if you know anybody that would be a particularly great guest for the show or any particular topic you want to hear about, feel free to um, reach out to me. You can email me. My email is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you on the next episode.